thanks to Corsa for supporting another mother runner and for making cute, innovative running clothes, including new fall apparel. Corsa is dedicated to delivering original performance-driven apparel designed for runners by runners. Get $20 off your order at roadrunnersports.com AMR. I see you. Warby Parker makes high-quality, stylish, and affordable glasses that start at only $95. To try five pairs of glasses at home for free, go to warbyparker.com AMR. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process, so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com AMR. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Amanda Loudon. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Sarah. What's going on? Oh, neither one of us have showered. That's what's going on. <laughs> Life of a Mother Runner. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's only an hour later now that you're in Colorado. So at first I was thinking, wait a minute, it's the middle of the day for you. But I, uh, I know. there's still no good excuse. I mean, I was done running a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but a warm sweatshirt, a cup of coffee, beckoned, and then I started working. So here we are. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I um I decided it was time to make some muffins from the um rise and run uh, oh. cookbook. So I made the lemon chia blueberry ones. And, um, I have tasked my older daughter with taking them out of the oven. So let's hope, let's hope she, um, they're not uh, crispy when they come. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So, and uh, you know, when I said, set your timer for five minutes, I hope she did it then. Uh, right. right. <laughs> not several minutes later. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I've also been already doing some stuff for my son, John, who's 16 for his, um, dance company's fundraising auction. I had to be dealing with, um, uh, some, newspaper types you you are familiar with newspaper types amanda yes, uh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yes so i got tasked with um so you know i'm one of those parents that makes eye contact so i do things so <laughs> i um and i feel very passionately about this dance company so um so at the meeting last week i was like oh so we're gonna you know write up a press release and get some press about this fundraising auction right and they look at me and they go well you are <laughs> so uh saturday after my run i felt a almost literal bolt of inspiration and i wrote the press release and oh my goodness and then had to get um approval from the creative director who i you know made up quotes for in the in the press releases one does in press releases right uh, so then on monday afternoon i finally sent it out to some organizations and within 10 minutes, heard back from what I think is the top TV station in Portland. Wow. Yes, I was very excited. And um, so they are doing a piece about in advance of the auction about the Jefferson Dancers and mentioning the auction. Um, so I get to um, be the liaison for that. So as That's we record exciting. this on a Wednesday, yeah, yeah. And because um, I've never seen them rehearse but tomorrow afternoon i get to meet the 
um, cameraman slash reporter, one person um, at the um, rehearsal studio and take him down there and, um, you know, I don't know, introduce him to dancers, introduce him to the creative director and watch. I'm so excited. That's so fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a good volunteer gig. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so really excited for that. And then this morning was coordinating with our newspaper, the Oregonian, uh, got them photos and then they needed photo credit and they need to know which dancers were in which pictures. So, um, yeah, so that ate up a little bit of my morning and it was tough to type with cold hands. Like the Mm -hmm. dexterity factor is really diminished after a run. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how how is running weather there is it uh meeting your expectations yeah it's um yeah it's so different because of the lack of humidity right I mean it just it it, so I'm learning how to dress because here I can be down into the 30s in shorts and be okay whereas when you add humidity back home it feels colder you know more raw so but it's still it's still a there's a learning curve involved for sure you know, right. and layering is just the key out here. It's just the key to life out here, <laughs> um, you know, cause it's just the, the fluctuations are so dramatic between, you know, Maryland, it, it's, it's pretty much, you know, a 20 degree temperature range from night to day. Mm-hmm. And here you're looking at 40 degrees often. Wow. You know? So it's crazy. And it's just, you just, you have to be prepared for everything here because it changes quickly and yeah. Well, that, that's what I was going to say that, you know, you could start when it's kind of close to freezing and, you know, you go for a long enough run, the sun's going to come up in particular, yes. because that's the thing. You forget how hot the sun is there. It, absolutely. And then it makes a huge, huge difference. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's interesting. I'm, I'm learning as I go and I've been <laughs> caught off guard a few times and paid the price for it, you know? Oh yeah. So, I oh, mean, yeah. just, you know, I had a friend in town last weekend and we went out for a hike and I was severely underdressed for that one. And, mm-hmm. you know, just all I could think about was getting back in my heated car and getting something warm in my hands and, Oh no, you know, uh, so, but you learn. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. but, but you don't get caught in any thunderstorms or anything. Cause those are usually in the yeah. afternoon, aren't they? Yeah. 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 And generally higher up than where I am. So, okay. um, so yeah, I haven't had any of those issues at all. So, but, uh, we, last week I was planning a big run with a couple of women here. Um, they call it the traverse, which is going over all of the flat iron peaks. There are five of them. Wow. So it's 17 miles long, oh but goodness. the elevation gain is, I don't even know. I don't want to know <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and it, so it could potentially take you, you know, seven, eight hours to do. You're just going to be out there all day. Wow. And so we were all planning last Wednesday to do that starting at about 6am. But then the winds picked up so much overnight. Um, And the two of them are right in Boulder. And so we were texting, you know, at at alarm time at 5am and um, (laughs) they decided to scrap it for that day because they just thought, you know, being up high and being in that wind and it would just be kind of bad. So Mm. I have to defer to them. They know what they're doing. So we're going to try again, maybe next week. Um, Wow. You know, hopefully before it gets, you know, we we need to do this before the window closes for Mm -hmm. winter, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And have you been training for this? You know, um, in a half-assed kind of way. (laughs) (laughs) I've been up several of the peaks. I mean, I've been up all the peaks at different times and, you know, been on my feet for up to four hours at a time. So, you know, I'm just going on the basic, you know, I've got this endurance background and we all know we can pull it out if we need to. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, I mean, four hours is not 
you know, chump change to be on your feet. So sure. um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And done a lot of, you know, climbs that, that involve a lot of elevation and, you know, so I feel pretty comfortable about mm. going for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I have to ask, does coming from basically sea level where you lived in Maryland to up to Colorado, I mean, have your lungs acclimated to the, um, less oxygen in the air? I think so. I really think oh. so. Um, yeah, I never, I didn't have a hard time even from the start, but I think oh. now I've done enough, you know, like, so I'm living at around like 5,200 and then mm-hmm. a lot of these, these, these run hikes that we do, you know, you're up into the 8,000 range, you know, mm. up and down and, um, I don't really feel it even at eight, you know, getting up at around 10, that's a different story, but yeah, I, I think it's been a pretty, wow. pretty easy transition. Knock on oh. wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Altitude just does it for me. I just, does it? Oh, the, oh my goodness. I just, there's, I can't suck in enough air to get enough oxygen into my blood. <laughs> I mean, I really think there's a genetic component to it. I really do. Cause you mm-hmm. see, you know, it's all over the board. It doesn't matter how fit you are. It just seems to be all over the board who mm-hmm. does okay with it and who doesn't. So yeah. 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 Oh my, yeah. Goodness. oh my goodness. All right. Well, our topic for today, um, figured that with fall racing season, kind of winding down a bit, we still got a couple of big races ahead of us, but, um, a bulk, the bulk of them are behind people. I thought it, it would be apt if we answer the question, your race is over now. What? So in this episode, I'll be talking to two coaches. Um, one of them is you, Amanda, uh, <laughs> about the uh, physical steps to take after a race. And then on next Tuesday's episode of Trains, which airs on November 9th, um, Dimity and a guest are addressing the mental side of things, talking about overcoming the post-race blues. So um, we're doing kind of a crossover um, theme here. And uh, so, as I said, I have two guests. They're both coaches in the Train Like a Mother Club, both named Amanda, which I had never really realized that before. Um, so, Amanda, you're going to switch from being co-host to guest. And then um, we'll be joined by Mandy Cherry, who um, has been on the show before. She is an Ohio mother runner of two young kids. She's um, She works exclusively with women beginners in her life outside of Train Like a Mother Club, um, including people who are getting into running for the first time. It's why she's one of the coaches in our um, Become a Runner um, program. And um, she also loves working with people who are taking on their first, like their first 10K, first half marathon, first marathon. And um, for the past five years, Mandy has also taught stroller fitness classes for moms to attend with their kids. So stay tuned. My conversation with Coach Mandy and Coach Amanda starts right after this break. After work, I'm packing for me and Dimity's trip to Rancho Puerto Spa, where we're presenters. You better believe my suitcase is going to be loaded with new fall apparel from Corsa. The pieces are ideal for transitioning from morning runs to midday yoga and cardio classes, and even sporting to dinner. Corsa is the Roadrunner sports brand of running apparel. It's designed by runners for runners. This fall collection is the first one designed exclusively under the guidance of Corsa's head designer, Tracy, a mother runner who's run more than a dozen marathons, so she knows how to make running clothes functional and fun. Two of my favorite bottoms, the women's Corsa Infinite High Rise 7 8 6 Pocket Tight 2.0 has two exterior side pockets on each leg so you can keep your phone separate from your goo. And the Performer Tech Crop Legging 2.0 has a genius detail. On the back is a large pass-through pocket that you can thread your top through when you peel it off in the later miles of your long run. All of these Corsa tights are made with a sweat-wicking mid-weight brush fabric that has a cottony soft feel and four-way stretch. Several of them are in sassy prints which I love. 
we have an amazing exclusive offer for our community. Shop the entire course of collection at roadrunnersports.com AMR to get $20 VIP reward cash to spend on your first course of apparel purchase, plus a free 90-day trial in the Roadrunner Sports VIP program. Here's the short version. Go to roadrunnersports.com AMR and you get $20 off your first course of purchase. As always with Roadrunner Sports, you get free shipping and returns. Don't delay. Right after this episode, scoot over to roadrunnersports.com AMR to save $20 on your first Corsa apparel purchase. roadrunnersports.com AMR. Folks here in Portland have elevated the game of cool, stylish eyeglasses to a whole new level. So as I've started to need readers more often, I simply had to get glasses from Warby Parker. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Glasses start at $95, including prescription lenses. And you can select options with confidence and a bit of bold playfulness, thanks to Warby Parker's free home try-on program. You order five pairs of glasses to try on at home for five days. It costs you nothing, with no obligation to buy anything. So here's what I did. I took the fun, simple quiz on Warby Parker's site, then perused the suggested styles. I knew I wanted plastic frames in a slightly unique color. All five styles I chose had a similar shape but were varying sizes and colors. The box of my five choices showed up quickly and I had a ton of fun trying them on. I adore the style I chose, called Welty in Violet Magnolia, a tortoiseshell frame shot through with rich streaks of purple. I shipped all five tester frames back with the included prepaid label, placed my order, and within days, I had my readers with blue light filtering lenses. Voila, or should I say, Violet. To try five pairs of glasses at home for free, go to warbyparker.com AMR. That's W-A-R-B-Y-P-A-R-K-E-R.com AMR. That's five pairs of glasses at home for free by going to warbyparker.com AMR. As a runner, you're putting in the work to better yourself. I say put some of that same effort into your hiring process at work. No hill repeats or intervals. It just takes Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible, because you can do it all, attract, interview, and hire at Indeed. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process, so you can find quality candidates with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can even invite them to apply right away. I love a tool that helps me be proactive. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who only see it in search, according to Indeed data. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. So finding great talent doesn't have to be my second job. I've got enough on my small business plate already. I can hire faster and better than ever with Indeed. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com AMR. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com AMR. Indeed.com AMR. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, welcome to you both. Coach Mandy, before we talk post-race strategy, remind folks a bit about yourself as a runner and a coach, please. Sure. Um, I've been running for about 10 years. I um, run exclusively, not exclusively, but mostly beginners, specifically women, um, which is how I got involved with another mother runner was um, the Become Program. 
Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm working mostly with people who want to start running or want to run their first of something. So maybe their first half or their first full. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's mostly who I work with. Yeah. 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 And have you had any races this season? I did, um, the Columbus half in October Mm -hmm. and, um, it was great to be back in person to a fun big race. Good, good. And how did it go for you? Um, it was okay. I can't say my training was spot on still navigating life with kids and activities now. Um, but it was just good to be back and, um, recognize that all the things I say to do in training are important and I have to do them too. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta, uh, walk the walk as well as talk the talk. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I haven't done this in a while, but I solicited questions from our Facebook group and I'm so glad I did because we got some really good questions. Um, the ones that have been banging around in my head don't even begin to compare. So I'm going to take their questions instead. So let's kick things off with two related questions from Kate and, um, she wants to know, and, um, Amanda, I will, um, toss this one to you. Are there specific things we should consider to improve post-race recovery. She's thinking mostly of things like nutrition and hydration, vitamins, minerals, food groups to emphasize, you know, things to avoid. And then also um, Kate wants to know if you should take anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen or avoid them. So your thoughts on what to put in your body. Um, I'm going to start with anti-inflammatories first, right off the bat, because, um, I, I feel very strongly that no, d- don't take them. Um, mm-hmm. your body, um, goes through its own natural inflammatory process and there's a reason for it. And it really helps heal you up and anti-inflammatories kind of shut down that process. Um, it might make you feel better in the short run, but in the long run, you're kind of hampering what your body intends to do anyhow. So I, I'm a fan of staying away from them and, and they have other you know side effects, which I'm not even going to get into here with about when it comes to that. But, um, when it comes to nutrition and, and things like that, you know, it's, um, I think for all of us in celebration, we all want to go out and maybe have, you know, like that beer and that burger or whatever else it might be. And, mm-hmm. and I say, you know, have fun and, and kind of indulge a little bit and, and enjoy celebrate. Um, but also, you know, as, as in the next coming days, kind of get back to your normal routine of eating, maybe think a little bit more about protein because it does help with recovery. Um, but you're, you know, you, you really just want to be going for an overall healthy whole foods diet. I don't think you need to micromanage it down to, you know, micro macronutrients, just go for it for a healthy diet. You know, the, the, the whole, whole grains, um, fruits, vegetables, good source protein, things like that. Um, but, um, I don't, I don't think you need to go overboard. Like I said, with, with the micromanagement end of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. So Mandy Goldie wants to know, she wants a breakdown of what happens to our bodies when we race and the scientific benefits of taking time off and are allowing our bodies to recover. So, um, The biggest thing that happens is, especially if you're doing a long race, like a half or a marathon or an ultra, you're Mm -hmm. taking everything that your muscles have in them, right? That you've been building up all those reserves. So those have to refill, first of all, which is where your nutrition is going to come in. Um, Mm -hmm. And on top of that, also all the micro tears as you're breaking down your muscles, it needs to build back stronger. Um, 
I think those are the two biggest things we tend to not think about. Like we are sore, but we don't understand how empty our muscles are mm. um, and what a toll it can take on your immune system. Your body is now working oh. on rebuilding itself. So your immune system is actually a little suppressed for anywhere from a couple weeks to a month or so after a big race, wow. depending on how that's a statistic I've read recently. Yeah. Depending on how you heal, oh. which is why those like Amanda talked about those vitamins and getting whole foods in is still crucial even after, maybe even more crucial because your body is physically rebuilding. Wow. Wow. That's um, particularly important right now then to pay attention to that. I mean, uh, yeah. Are... That's what I was thinking when I read that with everything <laughs> and colds and everything. Yes. It's that season. Yeah, exactly. From colds to COVID, you want yep. that immune system to, to um, have its walls up as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So so somewhat following up on, on that is from Leah. And um, does the rest and timing vary due to distance and pace? Like it, she's saying if she ran a hard 5K, how much should she rest? But if like she does a half at her quote unquote easy pace, how much does she need to, to rest? So um, Coach Amanda, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um... Definitely. Let's just, let's address the distance part of it first. I mean, if you're, if you've run a marathon, you know, I think you need to expect that it's a full month before you recovered. Um, and, and you need to be mindful of that. Um, even if you're feeling okay, be mindful of the fact that there are tiny little micro tears down there in your muscles and you need to be, you know, giving them the time to recover that, that they need. Um, now when you get to shorter, harder races, like a 5k, it, you know, yeah, it, you need to recover from it as well. Um, but it's still three miles and, um, you know, you can kind of almost treat that like doing a hard work, a hard track workout, you know, take, Mm. take a few easy days, you know, up to a week of, of easy running to recover and kind of keep your distances shorter, but, um, it's, it's not going to have the impact on your body that a really long event will have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so coach Mandy, Alana wants to know that, you know, as coach Mandy was saying, you know, take time off, but, but Alana is curious, does that mean actually do nothing or is it yoga? Is it walking? You know, like, let's say, um, I know Alana just ran a, a marathon. So if there's somebody like that or somebody listening who ran a half marathon, when, when we say take a few days off, what does off mean? Yeah. I mean, I think the first day, depending on your soreness, yes, totally take the whole day off, maybe even the first couple. But I don't think there, I think we don't want to just sit and do nothing. So keep moving, keep foam rolling, keep stretching, because you want to get all of that lactic acid out of your muscles. You know, you've been pounding the pavement. You want to re-lengthen those muscles that have shortened. Um So definitely keep moving. Don't do nothing. That's going to actually probably not help recovery at all. Um, Mm -hmm. But still take it easy. Go for a walk um, Mm -hmm. until you feel like you're able to start jogging again and then take that very slowly too. Mm -hmm. All right. And Coach Amanda, you agree with that? Yeah, I'm a big fan of gentle movement post-race. You know, like Mandy said, taking some nice walks, um, you know, maybe get into the pool and swim a few easy laps, get on a bike, you know, and spin out your legs for 30 minutes, whatever it might be. But, but yeah, I definitely think, you know, movement helps recovery. It absolutely does. But you have to remember that it's gentle, short, easy bouts of movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Um, 
Coach Amanda, still coming for you. This question is from Rihanna. Um, say you have a niggle or pain somewhere post-race. How long do you wait to have it professionally looked at to know it's, um, you know, if it's is something more serious, not just to like, oh, hmm, I overdid it a little. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing you want to, you know, be paying attention to is is it is it bilateral pain? You know, so mm -hmm. say, oh, both of my calves are sore, you know, mm -hmm. that's a good indicator that it's probably not an injury, but if it's one side, you know, that's really where you're feeling that pain. Um, that's where you want to pay attention to it a little bit. And again, um, I'm a fan of, you know, let's, let's move easily for a few days and see how it's um, shaking out and it may resolve on its own. It might be something that just kind of reared its head during the race and, and will resolve pretty easily on its own. But if you get to, you know, say a week out and, and you've still got something that's, you know, on one side and that not, not, uh, starting to feel better, then I'd go see a PT and kind of have an evaluation and see what's up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, coach Mandy, have you had experience with some of your athletes, you know, either waiting too long? I mean, just ignoring it, thinking it'll go away. Yeah. Actually, one of the things I wanted to comment on for new runners is, you need to replace some of your gear, specifically your shoes after a big race. Um, mm. So often we're not good on as new runners wanting to um, invest money, but that is going to lead. You've gone through a training cycle in your shoes. You've ran a half or a full in your shoes. It's time for new ones. Um, and so often they'll just keep running in those because they're broken in, they're used to them. And that's going to lead, especially if you have a shoe with support is going to lead to problems down the road too. So yeah, I just switch, um, cycled in a new pair of Topo shoes. And oh my gosh, I mean, the you forget how good it feels to run in new shoes. It's like, <laughs> oh, I feel happy today. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> um, okay, Coach Mandy, I love this question from Heidi. She says, how to stop eating everything in sight. <laughs> yeah, especially after a marathon, that mm -hmm. sounds pretty accurate. I actually, even after a half, I, my very first half, I'll never forget feeling so hungry and then realizing that I was really um, thirsty. So that's oh. going to be my biggest, I mean, if you're hungry, eat, but I think the biggest thing is hydration, especially when we're running these fall races and now it's cool outside, right? So we're not thinking like I'm hot, I need to be hydrating. So focusing on hydration first, um, I think is huge. And then, um, like Amanda said earlier, whole foods are going to be huge because they're going to have more fiber. So that's going to keep you full protein. Lean protein is going to help with rebuilding muscles. Um, and then the vitamins you need to boost your immune system. So I think, um, as much as it's easy, especially right now with Halloween candy around to reach for some <laughs> of that junk in those empty calories, really focus on the whole food calories and hydration. We blew through our Halloween candy. We had to turn off our lights and my husband even, and our neighbors did too. And so my husband made a run to two different stores and I was like, and he came up empty in both. So we had to, we got, we got nothing left over. And my kids went out, my, they're teenagers. They went out late. So they hardly got anything. I can ship you some. I have a five and seven year old. <laughs> We're at the sprinting to the houses phase. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was remembering fondly the days of my uh, now 16 year old girl twin. She wouldn't even wait to get off the front porch of a house. She would just turn around after saying thank you and rip something open and just um, 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 right there on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. All right. Coach Amanda, um, Jessica says that she ran the Boston virtual marathon and is now recovering from some serious blisters on her feet because her socks got wet. Ugh. Um, she wants to know any tips to toughen up her tender feet and get back out there. And Elizabeth, and at first I thought like, oh, maybe that's just Jessica. Then Elizabeth chimed in and was like, blister recovery tips for sure. Blisters on top of blisters over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know that there's any anything to speed up the recovery process necessarily. Um, you know, it's... Um, it is, you know, I, I always, I always joke. I never go get, um, a, um, pedicure because I have these, these lovely calluses on the back of my heels that I don't want removed because right. they came through right. That, that process way back when, mm-hmm. um, you know, unfortunately of, of, um, you know, earning some blisters. So, um, I, I'm a fan of not coughing blisters. I think, you know, oh. let them, yeah, no, I don't, I think you're opening yourself up more to infection prospects if you're popping mm-hmm. your blisters. Um, so I would say don't pop them, let them kind of run their course. Um, you know, if you can get some aquaphor on them or body glide or something to help in the meantime. And I would also just take a look. I mean, you can't do anything about the, the wet factor, um, that, um, Jessica went through, you know, getting, getting her feet wet during the race, but, um, take a look at your sock and shoe combinations. Sometimes, you know, sometimes your socks are too thick and, and, and it's just too much abrasion against your feet. And maybe mm-hmm. next time through, you want to go down to a thinner sock. It might make a difference, you know, so just kind of toy with that a little bit as you head toward the future. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, if you guys have any ideas on how to speed up the process, I don't know what they are, but yeah. Yeah. man, Mandy, what do you think? I wasn't going to say speed up the process. I agree. I'm anti-popping them. Um, just from Mm. experience, once they pop on their own, it's a lot better. Um, Mm. because the skin has kind of started to grow underneath, but they do make, and I don't know all the products, but they make things you can put around it to kind of provide a cushion. Um, so it's not quite rubbing. So those can be really good if they're in a spot where it's just going to keep rubbing, even on like regular shoes to kind of help protect it while that new skin does form underneath the blister. Yeah. I'm not sure about the name of some of the products, but the ones that kind of are a little bit like gel almost. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And then have adhesive on the one side. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause gosh, boy, when you get a blister, it seems like that's the only thing you can focus on. I, right. uh, yes. I got a huge blister in my PR marathon. And I mean, for a while there, my entire existence was the side of my big toe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move a little bit beyond, you know, so they're back out there running. Um, Mandy, Sammy wants to know how much t- to run to maintain a base outside of training. And um, Jeannie chimes in, it will obviously be different for each person, but maybe some kind of percentage or some minimum maximum suggestions for some of the most common race distances, like just kind of keep, you know, it, it's tough after let's say a half marathon, you sort of are like, Oh, I'm at this great level of fitness. I don't want to let it slip. And then you vowed that you're going to run double digits every weekend. And then suddenly it's like, huh, it's kind of cold today. It's kind of rainy. I think I'm going to go back a little early. Well, and I do think I do want to speak to that. Like, I like that they use the word to keep a base because we tend to think about constantly trying to grow the next level. So there needs to Mm. be a spot where you are kind of plateaued. You're not going to necessarily go down in fitness if you're running a couple times a week, but you need to let your body fully recover and be stronger. Um, It would be a good spot to do those easy runs 
and actually mm -hmm. focus on those and give just um, some of the harder runs like hills or um, intervals a break. Um, and then build back up when racing season comes. So uh, percentage wise, it's really hard depending on what people are um, and what you're wanting to maintain. Amanda, do you have a percentage you suggest to your athletes? I really don't yeah. No, it's, it's very, it's very individual. You know, it, it, it depends on, you know, how long you've been running, how long your race was, what your next race goal is. All those things have to come into play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I, I also just base it somewhat on how early I want to wake up and how much time I have in the morning before I got to drive my son to school. You yeah. Know, or, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, I mean, I, you know, I do think uh, and Mandy kind of alluded to this. I mean, if you're running three times a week, you're really not losing fitness, you know, you're maintaining, um, and, and that's fine and in good and recommended, you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so coach Amanda, Laurel says, please address how to accept the physical need and training benefit of doing easier workouts after a race. Like Mandy was talking about, um, Laurel says, despite being a seasoned racer, I still struggle with taking the time to recover and, you know, recognizing and accepting that it makes us stronger athletes. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you're again, going back to the, the micro tears in your muscles, um, you know, you get those from training and you certainly get them from racing. And after you're coming off of a long cycle of training and building up and then going on into the race, your body needs a little bit of uh, time to do the repair work. Um, so that's where, that's where the backing off comes in. Um, you're, you're letting your muscles repair, you're letting them grow, um, because they don't grow if they're not given the opportunity to rest. Um, so you do all those things. And even though it, again, might feel like you're losing fitness, you're not, um, mm -hmm. and, and it will allow you to then go into the next buildup and, and come out the other end of that one stronger. So always keep that in mind. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a cycle of building up, breaking down, repairing, building up again. Um, and you know, it, it's, um, it, it you know, if, if you, if you don't somewhere down the line, you're likely going to run into some sort of trouble. And so, you know, and, and if, um, if it helps to frame it even better, if you do run into some sort of trouble and you have to take time off, significant time off for injury, that is a setback um, in your fitness and you will lose fitness. But if you can consistently keep training, not pushing training, but training, meaning the, again, the buildup, the breakdown, the, the recovery, the buildup again, that's where you get stronger. So, um, uh, you know, hopefully that helps her put it in the right frame of mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll also say that easy runs are where the cellular level of change starts to happen when people want to yeah. talk about like, how can I be more efficient with oxygen? And I'm not even going to try to explain it because my background <laughs> was social studies before this, but um, I know that that's where it happens, right? That's where we see the body start to adapt and change. It doesn't have to be at the track. It actually comes from that easy run. So mm -hmm. um, there is a benefit to running easy. And um, that is where 80% of your runs should be, um, especially in an off season. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mandy, um, Lorinda. Um, so, you know, she's committed to doing this, to maintaining her fitness, to doing running, cross training, that nice base. But she's curious about the extras like foam rolling, hip strengtheners, yoga, extra stretching. 
are they equally important to prioritize during this, you know, kind of fallow season, if you will, or um, is there some sort of taper too in this off season? I don't think you're ever going to find a run coach who tells you to do less foam rolling, do less strength (laughs) training, do less stretching because we don't do it enough. And I would actually argue that you have more time to do it now that you're not running as many miles or as hard. So um, I would actually love to see people settle into more of a routine for it so that when it is the first thing to go, you've already amped it up. Um, I'd even Mm. love to see strength training more with heavier weights. Um, The Mm -hmm. off season is a good time to do that because you're not running those hard miles. So you can really work on those hip flexors and glutes. Mm -hmm. It's interesting though, because, um, you know, it's um, when you're not doing hard training, the foam rolling doesn't quite somehow feel like it's doing as much because you don't have the niggles and the ouchy spots and things like that. And so it, it can be like, well, maybe it's not so productive because I'm not feeling kind of that, that, Oh, that good hurt that you usually do sometimes foam rolling when you are in a heavy training cycle. I would, I would agree, but I would still say that, um, I'm going to focus on the routine of continuing to do it because you get out of routine and man, it's so hard to get back into routine. So if you're in a routine, don't drop it, keep it. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. It's just, it's harder, you know, it feels somehow less necessary, Yeah. but, um, you know, you just have to tell yourself you're looking at the long picture. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amanda. Ellen wants to know what to do besides running in this, you know, when you've finished one race and maybe don't have another one. She says she wants some cross training ideas for changing seasons when people may not want to go to the gym and wear a mask indoors. So you have any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, um, streaming yoga. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can stream stuff, you know, you can stream all kinds of classes these days. Um, you could, you know, I think, I think maybe it's a good time to invest in some sort of equipment. If, if you want to be indoors um, and you don't want to be going to a gym, maybe take the money you might've spent on a gym membership. If you, if you have it, you know, um, and, and, you know, invest in, you know, like a, an Amazon knockoff Peloton bike or something like that. Something that, that, that you enjoy um, that, that keeps you indoors. If that's what you prefer. Um, if you don't mind going outdoors and, and, you know, um, doing, and you're looking for that extra cross training, you know, even just going out for walks instead of runs, if you want to do that. Um, or again, if you can, if you live in a temperate enough climate, you know, maybe getting on a, a bike and going out for a little spin. Um, yeah, you know, and then again, I'm going to go back to the strength training. And I think this is a great time to, you know, to up that while you, while you're not racing. And so you don't have to feel the impact of it quite as much. And, and uh, I, like Mandy said, I'm a big fan of, of heavyweight training. I think it goes a long, long way. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, find something online that can help you learn how to do that, or, you know, invest in a little bit of equipment to help you do that. Um, So kind of make your own little mini home gym, and it doesn't have to cost a ton of money to do that either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we think the, the weight, the home exercise equipment for weights and things like that, that was bedeviling us at the beginning of the pandemic. We think that's kind of sorted itself out. Um, yeah, I think I, it so. has because I, I know I certainly, I, I am um, moving away from my home gym. I knew I wanted to keep those routines going. And so 
Um, I, I created a whole garage gym and everything came. So I think so. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You, you upgrade. So that's what you have now in Colorado. Is yeah, a, I've got a, a really, I got a rack. I got the whole nine yards. And then my gym back in Maryland, um, they have an app. And so they put the workout up on the app every day. And I'm, so I'm still doing the same routines, but I'm doing it in my garage. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, I'm, I'm envious. Very nice. Um, that's good. Cause I, the, like when I was like, okay, I must start doing heavier weights. I'm like, yeah. And there's no heavy weights to buy anywhere. Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> I didn't have any problems. So I think, I do think that maybe is one of the only supply change that, that's <laughs> right. working right now. <laughs> the ones that got stuck on boats in uh, April of 2020 have finally arrived and right. got stuck to us. Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Mandy Kellen wants to know, how do you know when you're physically ready to hop back into a training cycle. She says, I love having races on the calendar, but I always feel like training would overlap if I were to choose quote, all the things, how much downtime is enough. And on the flip side, how detrimental is overlapping training cycles? So you're always in the thick of something you've kind of touched on that, that, that it's important to be, to live on that plateau, but um, talk about, you know, when, when, you know, when you can start amping things back up again. Yeah, I think, um, you know, three, I don't know, I take at least four weeks to eight weeks, depending on um, your body, and you know your body best, but I will also caution that we all think we're the exception, and that we don't mm -hmm. really need the eight weeks. So keeping that <laughs> in mind, um, that then you, you're good to start a training plan if you've been maintaining a base, you know, that's going to probably mean just adding in some speed work to start before you build your miles or building your miles and then adding in speed work, depending on what you want to do. Um, and I don't think there's a problem with having multiple races on your calendar. You're just going to have to be selective about what ones you want to race all out and which ones are just going to be training runs. So if she likes the races because they're, um, she likes the community and the camaraderie and just the swag, then that's great. <laughs> you can do, you know, a half for your full, but you have to watch yourself and use it as like a tempo run or just a distance training run. Don't use it. Don't race it because mm -hmm. you can only really race one in a cycle would be my suggestion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, coach Amanda, you know, what, give us the nuts and bolts of hopping back onto a training plan. Like, um, you know, the, particularly if you're somewhat trained up, like, you know, to get on a, sometimes when I start a marathon training program, I'm like, wait, I'm already running longer on the weekends than this calls for. So, you know, should I scale back? Should I just jump on, you know, it's like the merry-go-round is already going and I'll just grab onto a bar and, and hold on, you know, at week three or something. I mean, how, how do you get back on the training plan? Yeah. I mean, again, I'm going to go back to, um, experience, um, as, as one of the bigger ones. And, and, you know, if you're someone who's been running for three, four, five years and, and, you know, you've got that really deep aerobic base and your experience and, and you're at a level, you know, we give, we give the minimum, um, requirements, prerequisites kind of before mm -hmm. you get a plan here. And if you're beyond those, um, you know, just as, as a matter of, of course, you know, I think it's fine to, 
you know, like you said, kind of grab onto the bar and jump on, you know, so mm-hmm. say it is week four and, you know, it calls for a long run of, of eight miles and you've already been doing eight miles consistently. I think that's perfectly fine to do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're, a, you know, I, I'm going to throw in the caveat of if you're a beginner and you've just run, you know, your first half marathon and you've got another one in the spring, you know, take that downtime. And, you know, maybe kind of start at the beginning of the program again, you know, when it lines up, um, with your, with your race date. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. And Mandy, you are nodding along in agreement. Do you have anything to add or. Yeah, fully agree. Especially if it's your first, I mean, your recovery is going to be so different than someone who's run and body, their body has that experience for recovery. They've tapped into what makes recovery easier for them. And I fully agree your second one or even third one should start right back at the beginning after you've taken that downtime, just because we don't need to get in the habit of building so quickly. And you're still learning your body and what it, what it can do and what fuel works for you, even in your second and third half. So yeah, Mm -hmm. agreed. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a strict rule follower, like I am, you typically go back to the beginning just because it's like, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. It's day one. Got to do it. (laughs) Yeah. If you have a type A personality, same. Me too. Very much so. Need to check the boxes. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, Well, good. Well, any parting advice for people who are fresh off their race? Hmm. No, I just, I mean, again, we've, we've hammered this home, but, you know, respect the recovery that's needed. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, what's going to keep you in the game long-term and, um, I've got to assume that's what everyone wants to do. And that's why we're all doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I would agree. I think, um, I said it earlier, but we all think we're the exception and don't need as much time. (laughs) And, um, I mean, it's hard when you're seeing someone like Shalane Flanagan run back-to-back marathons, but we, most of us listening to this podcast are not her and we need the time. (laughs) I'm not her, I should say. (laughs) Maybe you are. But again, it's that very much we think we are the exception to the rule. Um, So yeah, don't be. Well, mentioning Shalane then brings us full circle back to my muffins from the, from the new cookbook. Um, because as we've been talking, I'm kind of like, I smell a little something burnt. Oh, and, no. and Mandy, <laughs> Mandy, you didn't hear, but I had tasked my older daughter who just moved home last week um, to setting the timer because I needed five more minutes. And Amanda, I am psychic because sure enough, she didn't set her. So I texted her while we were talking. I said, you took muffins out. Yes. And she says, yes, a bit ago, but they are badly burnt. Oh man. (laughs) I know. Like right now I can hear the collective groan of people listening. She said, um, I'm sorry. I didn't have my phone when you asked me as I was cleaning vomit. Um, it was dog vomit for the record. Then, (laughs) Then Leo who's our cat. Leo started dry heaving and I forgot to set the timer (laughs) foiled by the pets (laughs) but she does say very sweetly I don't have time today but I'll make you new muffins on Friday so that's nice super sweet I'm leaving Friday to go to Rancho La Puerta but that's very sweet I will (laughs) maybe get a, a literal rain check like have her write it up but I just was like, and also because my neighbor texted me during that and I'm like, oh my gosh, are there flames like going out of our kitchen? (laughs) 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 Oh goodness. So, okay. So I don't have fresh muffins to enjoy after this, but anyway, 
Thank you both. This was delightful talking with you. <laughs> I agree. It was fun. Thank you. All right. Um, well, we have an exciting thing coming out on our website and in our newsletter on Monday, November 8th. That's um, this coming Monday. If you're listening to this show right when it comes out, it's our annual gift guide. And it's you know, everything ranged from these really cool um, reflective gloves to um, some cute running apparel, a couple food items that are um, pretty interesting. I actually have to write some of the copy for it later today, so I'm not completely versed on everything else. Oh, I know there's a handful of bra on there. There's a whole bunch of really good stuff. Everything, um, oh, like this really cool four, cute four-pack of... Um, uh, noon energy in a really um, darling rainbow packaging. So everything from great stocking stuffers to presents if you give them to different people in your running group to your best running friend. So dip, all price range things that you can ask for for yourself. And the reason I'm droning on about this is that one winner will win. We have a giveaway and one winner will get almost everything in the gift guide. So that's very exciting. Um, so look for that on our website and our social media. We are at the mother runner on Instagram and another mother runner on Facebook. So, or subscribe to our newsletter. So you'll hear about all these great opportunities and remember to listen to the November 9th episode of AMR trains when Dimity delves into the mental side of the post-race picture. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Music.